are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? That your baby boy gives sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy home a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh, oh, oh. Heaven's perfect land 
In this sleeping child you're holding is the grave. Did you know Well, what an anointed voice. Wow. Um, this is not going to be your typical Sunday Bible study. I do have a special guest I'll be bringing on in just a moment, but I just want to open up in prayer first. Father, I want to thank you for sending your son to earth, Lord, for the redemption of our sins. And Jesus, knowing that you would bear the cross, you chose to come to set us free and to cancel death for all who believe in your name. Father God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, I pray that your word, which is Jesus, touches each and every person Lord, who hears this, Father, I pray for your understanding of your words and the leading of your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we praise you and honor you by going through your word. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to each one of us individually. And Holy Spirit, speak through me, I pray and my special guest, Lord, anoint her voice as well. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for being here. I'm going to play another song in just a moment, and then I'm going to do a reading of the word. But, you know, last year, well, maybe it's a, a new tradition of man, but last year, wifey, came on the show audibly, as she will today, and she's going to read a poem. Welcome, wifey. Your mic is muted. Good morning. Okay, so do you want to tell about the poem, or do you just want to read it first? No, I'll, read, I'll tell about it. Uh, this is a poem that was written by my pastor's father, um, he writes a poem every year for his family. And uh, last year I read one that he had written and I love this year's poem. So I will read that today. <clears throat> Excuse me, the poem is. <coughs> the poem is called Seed of Truth. Seed of Truth from Heaven sent on wings of dove with exploding truth of christmas lord jesus came in love eternal hope and glory and shelter fold for all 
Like lost sheep on the mountain, Christ hears our plaintive call. Jesus, tender shepherd, while children dance and sing, breathe into their music the truth that Christmas brings. Share helping to needy, a caring trumpet call. With warmth, the heart of Jesus, on him our love will fall. Amen. What a beautiful poem. Thank you, Giovanni. Oh, thank you, wifey. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was a really, the man has a, a great way with words. Uh, just a reminder at the, uh, towards the end of today's broadcast, we will be doing communion. If you want to get the sacraments together for yourself and, uh, we're going to do a bit of a teaching as well. And it's maybe not your typical message that you'd hear on a Christmas Eve, but somewhat it is. We'll just see where the Lord leads, but I, uh, really feel led to play another song. And I'm going to close with a song today as well, which I think will be a real blessing to you. So just give me one second to bring up the next song. This one is going to rock you. I'm telling you, a 10-year-old girl singing, and it's uh, it's absolutely stunning. Lauren Daigle is her name. Love incarnate, love divine Star and angels gave the sign Bow to babe on bends and knee The savior of humanity Unto us a child is born He shall reign forevermore No the everlasting Lord 
shall reign forevermore. No. Well, you could tell early on uh, <laughs> she had an anointing. I got a, I, I, I'm welling up listening to this music. Music is truly a powerful force. And uh, anyways, welcome everyone. I really want to thank you for being here with me. And uh, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. But I, just before I do, I'm feeling led to just talk about why God came. You see, the, and God knew the humans were going to fall. Make no mistake. It didn't catch the father by accident. The man had to fall to really have the gift of free choice, which God has. And we're made in his image. But you see, Adam was made perfect, but sin cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Sin cannot be in the presence of God. So Jesus was dispatched 
to earth. And of course, this is the fulfillment of hundreds of scriptures. But Jesus came to be that perfect sacrifice. The sacrifice had to be perfect. And all of the sins of the world rested upon him. All the sins of the past and all of the sins of the future from that point till the end of days. Brothers and sisters, you couldn't carry your own sin. That Jesus did it all. And he said it was finished. It was finished. He had completed his task. But God is still working. And God is working with us right now. His presence is in each and every one that accepts Jesus Christ, who truly accepts Jesus Christ. Let me read from uh, the story of Jesus' birth. I'm going to read from Luke 2. And then I'm going to pick up on a, a few points. Now in the days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a Caesar, uh, that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem, then, and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen him, they made known the statement which has been told them about this child. All and all who heard it were amazed about the things in which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Let me just stop there. There is so much in this chapter. And of course, the story continues on. But I really think the main points I want to cover are in these first verses. So there's the census, and we we know about that. And, you know, they had to make this trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which, you know, traveling by foot with a, uh, with a pregnant woman would not be an easy journey. Uh, wouldn't be easy in the best of days, but they make the journey there to be part of the census, but really it was to fulfill God's plan for this is where Jesus was to be born. And obviously Jesus was born in a manger. There was no room at the inn for him. And, you know, part of the reason I believe that there was no room in the inn well, was, well, obviously it was to fulfill some scripture. And it shows something very significant for us. But also to really show that he came to lead a sorrowful life. You know, most of us picture the, the manger, you know, this beautiful wooden little cradle. I, I don't believe it was that way at all. This was a barn in which the animals would eat from these troughs. 
It was most likely dirty. It was smelly. They might have had a candle or two or light. It would have been cool. He came into the world in the most humble of ways. And it does not get past me that he was laid in a food trough. And I really started thinking about, in fact, ever since the the prayer meeting on Wednesday, I had this, uh, the bread of life thing in me. And I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In fact, let me, I pulled up a bunch of scripture and, and I want to get back to the shepherds because that's another important thing. But from John 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. There's a couple interesting things about this. There's a whole punch, obviously. But Jesus, I believe, made about seven I am statements. And you have to understand, this is Jesus proclaiming to be God, the Almighty. When he says, I am, and he says the bread of life, And I get this imagery just going back to the garden because there were two trees in the garden. There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve were not permitted to go to. But the tree of life is where all life stems from. And I I actually have serious doubt that these were actually trees. I think they're more metaphorical, to be honest. I don't have that answer specifically, but the tree of life is God. God is the root of all life. And Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And of course, you know, when we do communion, we we talk about the bread, which is his body. And we talk about the blood, which is everything. The blood is the substance of life. But here in John 6.35, yes, it is a promise to you that he will, you know, if he feeds the birds of the air, he will take care of you. So this is a promise. But the Lord here, when he says this, I truly believe is speaking in spiritual terms. If you hunger for the Lord, he will quench that hunger. If you thirst for his righteousness, he will satisfy that righteousness. John, again in chapter 6, verse 51, 
I am the living bread, another I am, the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Um, Just one or two more here. Sorry, I'm passing a couple up. (laughs) Luke 9, verse 16. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He blessed them and broke them, and kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. This is when Jesus fed 5,000. But the fact that he has the five loaves, the two fish, you know, he called the apostles, he called you and I to be fishers of men. And if Jesus truly is the bread of life, Jesus multiplied it. This is a foreshadowing of your great command to go forth in the world and multiply. But not multiply, well, yes, like the way Adam and Eve did. This is true. It's good to have family. But it's the spiritual family that we are called to go out and be like Jesus, multiply his disciples. Two Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread or food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increased the harvest of your righteousness. Jesus is the bread of life, and he was placed in a feeding trough. I want to get back to the shepherds, and just a a bit of a commentary. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. When we see the retelling of the Christmas story, 
quite often it's not the shepherds that are highlighted, but rather the wise men who followed the star. And I often wonder why that is. Because the three wise men, you know, we three kings of Orientar, that was probably a couple years later. But these shepherds were right then and right now. Jesus is the shepherd. And he chose to send his angels to these shepherds. Notice it wasn't to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. It wasn't to any of those. And the shepherds, you have to think of the shepherds like like a cowboy. (laughs) These people were ranch workers. And ranch workers don't get days off. They were not the ones going in and, you know, celebrating all the feasts and taking, you know, a week off for Passover or the unleavened bread. They couldn't. You know, they're constantly doing things. They're constantly tending to their animals. They have to protect their animals. They help them when they get sick. And and some have said in Bible commentary, and I don't know this is true if this is true or not, but wouldn't it be cool? And this is why I tend to think this is the case. You remember in the temple at that time. They had daily sacrifice, and they had to have the perfect lamb. I wonder if it's the same shepherds that prepared the sacrifice for the temple. We're not told that in Scripture but it's really interesting to think about. And I think it's quite possible that it was those shepherds who prepared the perfect lamb that were honored to go see the perfect lamb. And shepherds, you know, they're they're ranchers. They're unclean, especially as they weren't doing the festivals. They weren't doing all these things. They didn't have time. Jesus came for the unclean. And when he dispatched his angels, they went immediately. (coughs) How do we respond when God instructs us. Do we ponder it? Yeah, probably sometimes. (coughs) Excuse me. It's very dry in my house today. 
you are a shepherd. You were unclean. But now you are made right. And I'm just going to get to communion. I'm not going to keep very long today. But there's a uh, particular scripture I want to read before we get into the basically the communion scriptures. And this is one, I, I think it's just, it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. When we take communion, it is not to be taken lightly. You are partaking in the broken body of Christ and the blood of his covenant. And we do this in remembrance of him, of course. And the verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, says this, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And I think really what the warning is, if For instance, you know, a lot of people who are really truly unsaved will go to a church on, you know, Easter or at Christmas time. And sometimes they just want to see the Christmas plays, tradition. Hey, my dad brought me. I'm going to bring my kids, you know, but they're not saved. They don't really want to be saved because their life is just good on their own, but you know, they'll do communion. And I think this is a warning to someone who is taking communion, who is unsaved. So I don't know who is watching this. Perhaps it is someone who is unsaved. Well, we can get you saved right now. <laughs> and then you can partake in communion with us. Or I would just ask to not partake. You can listen, you can do whatever if you're unsure, but to be saved only takes a moment of your life where you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God and he came and was born of a womb of a woman from his father's seed in heaven. 
And then he grew up blameless, spotless. And he suffered and died on a cross. And he took all of your sins with him. If you will say to the Lord that you believe that and you repent of your sins, you cast your sins upon him and forevermore your sins will be not seen. Even though you will continue to sin in this world, they will not be seen by the Father because you will be covered in his blood. And if you just want to take a moment and say that to him, I pray the Holy Spirit for anyone who is acknowledging Christ for the first time, or maybe you're, you were unsure and you're doing it again. There's no harm in that. I pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit right now. And then you become the temple of God. Just like Jesus said, the temple will be torn down and he says he'll rebuild it in three days. Well, when Jesus went to the grave, which he was born to do, he rose again on the third day and the temple was complete because you are now a temple that houses the God Most High. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Last Supper. When the hour came, speaking of Jesus, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it amongst yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is being given for you, and do this in remembrance of me.
And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten and saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. And we drink this in remembrance of what God did for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And we should do this on our own in remembrance of him every time we break bread and drink from his provision. You know, God supplies all of our needs. And quite honestly, he does it abundantly. I want to end today's broadcast with one more song that was just put on my heart actually for the last couple of days. And uh, I pray that this one blesses you. And I'll just sign off now by saying be loved, be blessed, be the Berean and search out his righteousness for yourself. Trust no man and then simply referring to his word, just believe.